As I look back on the road I've traveled I see so many times he's carried me through If there's one thing I have learned in my life my Redeemer is faithful and true. My Redeemer is faithful and true. Everything He has said He will do. Every morning His mercies are new. My Redeemer is faithful and true. My heart rejoices when I read the promise. There's a place that I'm preparing for you. Though someday I'll see my Lord face to face Cause my Redeemer is faithful and true My Redeemer is faithful and true Everything He has said He will do And every morning his mercies are new. My Redeemer is faithful and true. And in every situation, He has proved His love for me. When I lack the understanding, more grace He gives to me. My Redeemer is faithful and true. Everything He has said, He will do. And every morning, His mercies are new. My Redeemer, my Redeemer, my Redeemer is faithful and true. Well, amen. Aren't you glad he's faithful and true? If you have your Bibles this morning, open them to the book of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 38, and uh, we'll read verses 38 and 39, and then we'll continue through most of that chapter today uh, in Matthew chapter 5, where we're going to hang out today. So, we're going to start a new sermon series today called Revealing Reactions. This is about the fourth title I've had for this series so far, and so maybe we'll stick with this one. But the idea is um, the way we react will reveal... Uh, something about ourselves, something about our hearts. But the idea is when we react the way Jesus wants us to react, 
when we're mistreated, it reveals something about the nature of God. Uh, I've been having this series in the back of my mind for a while now. We uh, went on vacation last summer, uh, went to uh, North Point Community Church where Andy Stanley's the pastor, and he preached a message on this reaction thing. And uh, so a lot of this, um, some of these quotes and things come from him, but um, we're going to stick with God's Word, right? And see what God's Word has to say to us this morning as we talk about revealing reactions. Look, if you will, Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 and 39, and we'll work through the rest of the chapter probably as we move along. You've heard that it is said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek, Turn the other to him also. Well, have you ever seen anybody overreact? <laughs> we, we, sometimes people overreact. We wonder what is going on for that kind of reaction. In 1974, Robert Preston, he was in the Army, and uh, he wanted to be a pilot. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the Army did not agree with his um, ability to be a pilot, and so he flunked out. And, um, and that's when, yeah, you can understand, he was discouraged and disappointed. But he had something of an overreaction. He stole a helicopter from Fort Meade and decided maybe he would audition for the president himself. So this is in 1974, and so he flew the helicopter to the White House. This is before 911 and all of that, and uh, hovered over the White House for about six minutes, uh, assuming, I guess, the president would come out and say, man, that guy hovers with the grace of an angel. Hire that young man, please. Um, it's not what happened. <laughs> Um, he, um, he flew off, and uh, when he landed, some people, uh, armed men, uh, began running toward him. Uh, when he figured out they weren't there to congratulate him, uh, he took off again. And a helicopter chase ensued over Washington, D.C. And uh, he went back to the White House, <laughs> and uh, instead of being met with applause from the president, he was met with gunfire. Uh, at this point, uh, realized that he wasn't having a great reception, and so uh, and by, he even actually forced one of the other hel army helicopters down. So he was a pretty good pilot in some ways. And uh, but when he got met with gunfire, he decided it wasn't going real, real, real well. And so he landed, was promptly um, arrested. He, he did not get the job after all. He thought maybe he would be the president's personal helicopterist after his debut or after his audition. That didn't happen. What happened was he spent uh, a year in jail. And uh, interesting enough, that's really not uh, all that long. And when he got out of jail, he still was not allowed to be a pilot. So over, a little bit of an over, everybody say overreaction. Yeah, a little bit of an overreaction probably. Uh, you've seen it happen before, maybe at a store, somewhere like that. Uh, a lot of times it's when a child overreacts, you know, or a child acts like a child, you know, a three-year-old acts like a three-year-old. But what happens too often is then the parent acts like a three-year-old. That's where the overreaction happens. And when that overreaction happens, what do you do? You think, man, what is going on with them? How come they're reacting in that kind of thing? Well, there must be something else going on uh, inside their heart to have that kind of overreaction. But uh, we've all done it, haven't we? We've all overreacted. In fact, if you go back to your last apology, and if you're a Christian, you probably apologize sometime or another in the not-too-distant past. Now, a lot of times, your last apology was an overreaction because you can be right and be wrong you can be right in what you say you can be right on your opinion but you can be wrong in the way you express it you can be wrong with the anger you can be wrong with the irritation you can be wrong with the emotion and that the thing that you uh 
spoke about or spoke against did not warrant that kind of reaction. In fact, a lot of the apologies, a lot of the apologies I've made in my life have been of an overreaction that I probably needed to say something, but uh, the level of irritation, the level, level of aggravation, the level of emotion really wasn't warranted by what happened there. So what we can see, what I want us to see in this series is you can learn a lot about yourself by monitoring your reactions. Watch what, and, it's, and, and I'm talking about your reactions when things don't go your way. When you're mistreated, uh, when people don't give you the kind of attention you think you deserve, when things aren't the way you thought they were going to turn out. Because we can kind of plan our actions, but our reactions show what's really in our heart, show what's really going on uh, under the hood. And so what we want to look at today and for the next couple of weeks is how Jesus says the mistreatment in your life. Now, we're not talking about reacting when things are great, but when things are not great, when you're mistreated, when things are going in a different way than you expected, your reactions can be harnessed for good. Your reactions can actually be a way of sharing your faith in Christ. And so I'm going to look at three things today uh, Jesus says about this from Matthew chapter 5. Three things. First of all, I want you to see that Jesus says that our reactions are an opportunity. Our reactions are an opportunity when we are mistreated, and that's a big part of this. When you're mistreated, somebody talks about you, somebody ignores you, somebody says something's not true about you, somebody betrays you. When you're mistreated, gives us an opportunity to actually live like a Jesus follower. That is an opportunity to actually show people what God is like. It's an opportunity to actually, watch this, to actually show people how God treats people. It's actually an opportunity to love and glorify God. And that's what we're supposed to want to do, right? We're supposed to want to glorify God. We're supposed to want to show people how wonderful Jesus is. We're supposed to want to follow Christ. So look at what he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. He says, you've heard what it said, and I for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, I want to tell you something different because you're a Jesus follower, so you live by a different a different set of uh, values. Not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him the other. Now, we're going to get into exactly what that means in the second point, okay? But for the first point, what I want you to see is Jesus is talking about reacting to mistreatment in an unexpected way. That you're going to react to things that go wrong and people that treat you wrong in a way that's unexpected, in a way that they don't really have a category for a lot of times, and in a way that's going to reveal how wonderful Jesus is, in a way that's going to produce questions. And so we're going to talk about reacting to mistreatment with love and forgiveness and grace, turning the other cheek. And what I want us to understand this morning, it's hard for me to understand, it might be a little hard for you to understand, is this is not extra credit Christianity. This is fundamental to how we are supposed to live. This is the way Jesus lived. What do you love most about Jesus? He loves you unconditionally, right? What do you love the most about Jesus? He's forgiven you of all of your sins. That when you treat him poorly, he treats you well. Well, if we're Jesus' followers... This is 
how we're to live. This is not something we're going to look at or we're supposed to look at and say, well, man, that's really hard and I'm not that kind of person and I don't know if I can really do that. No, this is fundamental. This is very basic Christianity. This is the way that Jesus lived. And so we want to talk about it today. But it's going to produce some questions. When you react to somebody in a way that they don't expect, when you meet mistreatment with grace, you meet mistreatment with forgiveness, um, it's going to bring through some questions like, all right, they mistreated me, they talked about me, they talked about my kid. Do I want to follow Jesus or do I want to do my own thing? Do I, want to, do I really want to glorify God here or do I want to get back at them? Do I, am I willing to do something uncomfortable and doesn't come natural? Watch it. Am I willing to do that because of Jesus? Everybody say because of Jesus. See, Jesus insists that we master the art of the unexpected, unprecedented underreaction. People expect us to react a certain way, right? We expect us to react to mistreatment the way we've been treated. People expect us to say, uh, you know, we retaliate in kind. That's what people expect. But when you underreact, when you go a different way, people go, why, why did they do that? Why did, they, why did they face mistreatment? Why did they face the lie? Why did they face the betrayal? Now, it's not an excuse not to tell the truth now, but why did they not come back at me like I came at them? You see, Jesus consistently viewed being treated unjustly, unfairly, and unkindly as an opportunity to react in a way that people stop and think, stop and stare. Why? Because they're caught off guard. This is different. We talk about this a lot. We say what? We're to be different as Jesus followers. This is one of the fundamental ways we're to be different as Jesus followers in the way that we react to negative things that happen that because people see you react and you don't meet it the way that, that it came at you, they say something like what? Oh, man, they should be angry about that. <laughs> they should be angry, man. They should be so bitter about that they should be returning evil for evil but they're not man man if that if that happened to me i tell you what if they, if they treated me that way i'd be telling people about it i'd be giving them what for if that happened to me i'd be bad mouthing them if that happened to me i'd hope they'd fail and i'd try to get them to fail if they talked to me uh, that way i would i i wouldn't take that kind of treatment where would we be if Jesus said that? Where would we be if Jesus said, I'm not going to take this kind of trick? We'd be lost because he would never die on the cross, right? This is at the heart of Christ. And see, you see we come in here this morning and we, and we and man, y'all are acting really well, right? Our actions don't tell the whole story, does it? Because when it serves us and when we know what's expected, we can kind of plan our actions pretty well. Y'all are doing great. Man, nobody's throwing things. Nobody's interrupting. Nobody's fighting. Nobody's fussing, all that kind of stuff. But our actions don't tell the story as much as our reactions tell the story. Our reaction kind of shows what's really in our heart. And what happens too many times is when things don't go our way, you better get out of the way right? Something doesn't go our way, you better get out of our way. I remember a t-shirt when I, years ago, there was a t-shirt that said, I don't get mad and I don't get even. I get ahead. 
And he has a big southern t-shirt. I thought it was the funniest thing in the world when the first time I saw it. That is not a Jesus follower t-shirt. That is not the way, that is not the way we're supposed to live. And we're not careful. We're going to act like and sound like everybody else. And so I want you to see that is not, we see it as something horrible and negative, and I'm gonna get back at them and all that kind of stuff. What we don't often see is mistreatment and un, unexpected. Unexpected abuse, not really abuse, but unexpected words, unexpected treatment is an opportunity to live like Jesus. Second thing I want you to see, Jesus' reaction orders. He actually commands us to do some things. Actually commands us to act in some ways when we're mistreated. And so this is something of a sampler platter. I'm going to kind of, I don't have time to do in depth of all these commands at the end of Matthew chapter 5. Then there's a lot of these in the Bible, a lot of different places. But it's kind of a, don't you like a sampler platter? Uh, you, got the, you got your, your little shrimp thing there, and you got your spinach artichoke dip, and you got the quesadillas, maybe some wings or something like that. You know, they love a sampler platter. It's a sampler platter, okay? It's a little bit of a sampler platter. So uh, Jesus starts off with, you've heard it said. Hey, this is what everybody said. This, you've heard this before. And this is something that everybody talks about, all right? So, Look at what he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38, 39. You've heard that it's said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's expected. That's common. It's what everybody does. I'm going to treat you the way you treat me. Treat me nice, I'll be nice to you. You mean to me, I'll be mean to you. So that's what we expect. Okay, you've heard it said that way. He said, but, but as a Jesus follower, this is different. I'm going to tell you, but I tell you, not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other one to him also. You've heard it said, you, you know, somebody slaps you, slap them back. Somebody knocks you through that, you knock your tooth. This is expected in our culture. Somebody gets you, if you're able to get them back, people expect that and even applaud it. Oh man, you got them good. You roasted them. I'll tell you what, you show, I mean, you really showed them. And what you showed them was not Christ. You showed them was an ugly heart. So you said, you've heard this. Now, here's the thing. This is for us to take seriously. And I think sometimes the reason unbelievers don't take us seriously is they're not sure we take what we say we believe seriously. If they don't see us acting in these ways, why would they take us seriously? We're we're not living out the commands of Christ. And so if we're not going to take these kind of things seriously, we really can't expect non-Christians to take us seriously. Now, verse 39, um, somebody slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other one also. This is not about self-defense, okay? He's not talking about if somebody comes up and, and, and starts beating you up, you're supposed to just sit there and take it, okay? This is not a self-defense thing. It's not about fighting. It's not about protecting yourself. It's not about protecting your family, okay? This is not what he's talking about. Jesus said if somebody slaps you on the right cheek, and that's important. Why? Because most people are what? Right-handed. So if I'm going to slap you or you're going to slap me, I'd rather slap you, <laughs> If you're going to slap somebody with your right hand on the right cheek, how do you do that? You have to backhand them, okay? It's not a fight. It's not a punch, okay? It's not not that. It's an insult, okay? He's not trying to knock your head off. It's not a slapping contest, okay? Have y'all seen that? There's a new thing out there. There's people getting slapping contests where you slap each other hard as you can, and that's that's an 
uh, that, 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 that's not this. He's talking about you've been insulted. You've been disrespected. Somebody has, has done something. They're trying to bait you into an argument. They're trying to bait you into the eye for the eye and the tooth for the tooth thing. And so they're trying to, to get you, they're trying to get you going, man. They're trying to push your button. And Jesus said, instead of this being a chance for them to push your button and for you to come back at them, this is an opportunity to show what a Jesus follower does. I am not going to get in a disrespectful argument not going to disrespect you back i'm not coming back at you with the anger and the emotion that you came i'm not going to do that it's not now as i said not self-defense but i I am not going to get baited into a angry retaliating bitter argument with you look at what he says in uh, matthew chapter 5 verse 41 new international version if anyone forces you to go one mile go with them two miles now this is something we don't do in our in our society uh, and this, this doesn't mean, now, if your neighbor asks you to move, that you say, okay, I'm going to go to the second mile, and I'll help you pack up your kitchen as well. That's not what this is, okay? This is not that extra mile. This is an abuse of authority. In Jesus' day and time, a person in authority, uh, even a person of, uh, of temple authority, but, but like a Roman soldier, Roman centurion, somebody of, of, of that kind of stature, um, if you're walking down the road, they're walking down the road, they can conscript you into service for them and, and, and make you do some kind of service or carry some kind of thing for a certain length. We say a mile, actually about a thousand steps. So here's the thing. People hated this. They hated it. It's an abuse of authority. Can you imagine? You're going down, uh, work, walk around the square, and, and somebody in city government sees you and says, hey, I want you to come wash my car for me. Dude. I've got my own, I'm doing my own thing here. Yeah, but see, this is an abusive authority. And so when you're walking down the street and you see somebody in authority coming at you, what do you do? You don't look at them. <laughs> you, you, you put your eyes down. You don't, you don't make eye contact. Why? Because it makes you mad. You're being mistreated. It's an insult. They're treating you like an inferior person. And at this point <laughs> in Jesus' sermon, man, his audience is really bothered by this. His audience is doing this. Well, I ain't doing that. <laughs> I can just tell you that. I mean, you know, you can talk about all this all you want to, but I, I, I ain't doing that. And you can just about imagine his disciples thinking, boy, this should really be a good time for a miracle. <laughs> it should really be a good time uh, to heal somebody. Uh, tell that story about the two boys again. You know, that was a pretty good story. You know, there's some kind of parable or something like that because he's really, the audience is, uh, they're thinking nobody does this. Nobody acts this way. And that's the point. That's the whole point here. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 42 in the International Version. Give to the one who asks you. Do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Now, he's not talking, I put it in the culture again. He's not talking about everybody that comes up to you and says, man, I need some money, or every beggar on the street, or guys trying to look for a handout, you got to give it to him. He's not talking about that. The rich and the poor lived in very close proximity in Jesus' day. Towns were small. They lived close to each other. People walked everywhere they went. And so it's very often that the rich and the poor cross paths together. And what Jesus is saying is, you should be over generous to people who need help. People that need help, people that are having a hard time, people who are struggling, you, I want you to be 
over generous to them. Whatever the norm for generosity is, whatever the norm for helping somebody is, I want you to do more than that. And, and so, you know, the guy's having a hard time. He's like, man, I, you know, my family doesn't have anything to eat tonight. He's all right, well, I'll give you a week's worth of food. And the guy says, look, I want you to carry this pack. I want you to wash my car for me. Tell you what, I'll wash yours and your wife's. I, I, I got, I'll, I'll just go ahead and, and, and do that for you. People are thinking that nobody lives this way. Then look what he says in Matthew 5, 43, New International Version. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Love people that love you. Like people that like you. Like people that are like you. Get along with people that get along with you. Everybody does this. This is the way the world works, right? Now look at verse 45. He flips it on them just a little bit. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus raises the bar. He says, don't just be nice to the people that are nice to you. Don't just be friends with the people that are friendly with you. But I tell you, love your enemies. Who's your enemy? The person that doesn't like you. The person you don't have a lot of things in common with. And those people that try to take advantage of you. He said what? Pray for those people. Watch this. Treat your enemy like they're not your enemy. That person that tries to take advantage of Lord, I pray for them. I pray their business would fail and they'd go into poverty. No, that's, <laughs> that's not the way he wants you to pray. He wants you to pray for them to give their heart to Christ. He wants you to pray for them to experience God's love and experience God's grace. He, he wants you to pray that way. And see, they know. They're going to think you're weird <laughs> because you're, you're, you're kind of weird because you act like you like me when you know I don't like you. And Jesus loved everybody that was not like him. And if we're his followers, this is what, and as I said a minute ago, this is not extra credit Christianity. This is fundamental to what we believe. I was watching a Christian comedian uh, the other day on one of the social media apps. And uh, she does this thing uh, where she pretends, this is funny, okay? This, don't take this too serious, okay? This is a comedian. Well, she does this thing where she has her phone up, and uh, she pretends like she's talking to Jesus on the phone. And she says, hey, Jesus. And then she does this little kind of a funny thing. And so she says, hey, Jesus, uh, you know that friend of mine? Um, she's having a baby, and it's kind of later in life, you know? She's like, I'm not, saying, I'm not talking about it's real late in life, but, you know, we're trying to find a Walker baby carriage combo, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is funny, right? Right? See, I get it's a joke. And she said, so, 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 and this lady's seemingly around that kind of same age. She said, so, 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 Jesus, I, I just want to make sure um, that's not going to happen to me, is it? <laughs> I'm just calling to make sure that's, that's not going to happen to me. And then she pauses, and then it's kind of like Jesus says something. She says, oh, so I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? But I don't want to. <laughs> and that's kind of the way this is, right? When it first hits, it's like, but I'm not sure I want to. But do you want to follow Christ? And do you want to show people what Jesus is really like? Which is the last point. Jesus shows us an opening. This is an opening to show people what Christ is like. It's an opening to help people see the nature of our God. This is where Jesus is going to say, okay, some of you are agreeers, you know, you agree with what I say, and, and you pray, and you attend worship service occasion, and that kind of thing, but this is where we separate the followers from, 
people are actually going to do what I tell you to do. And if you want to know what God is like, what do you do? You follow Jesus in the Gospels. It's the clearest way. And Jesus is always doing what? He's going overboard. He's treating people better than they deserve to be treated. People that he shouldn't treat well, he treats well because that's who he is. So let me ask you a question here because we look at uh, Matthew 5.46. Look at Matthew 5.46 and I'm going to ask you a question. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Or not even the tax collectors doing that. So who are the people that you have the least respect for? Just come up in your mind, the, the, the group of people that you have the least respect for. And Jesus says, if you just like people that like you, and you just hang around people that are like you, they're about like them. That's what they do. They like people that like them. They treat people well. They treat, they, they, they treat them well, by, by and large. He said, you know, that, that's, that's kind of bare minimum humanity kind of stuff. Jesus said, no, no, I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about something extraordinary. Verse 47, if you greet your own people, what are you doing more than others? Everybody can act well when they're being treated well. This doesn't separate you out. This doesn't distinguish you as a Jesus follower. Look at verse 48, last verse. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. What's he talking about there he's talking about be christ-like in the way you treat other people this is all about in the way you treat people that don't treat you well so uh, that employee that boss that family member that extended family member that neighbor that parent maybe even a runaway child or an obstinate child maybe somebody at school on your team that person really gets on your nerves that person that really is hard for you, that is an opening for you to show them what kind of God that you serve. Be perfect, be mature, as your heavenly Father is mature. So let me ask you a question. How has God treated you, and how has God treated me, when we've broken all those promises we told him we would keep? When we promised we'd never do that again, and we did. When we said, God, if you just get me out of this jam, I'll never get another one like this. And yet we did. And we mistreated somebody. And we did not offer forgiveness. And we, um, and we kept the secrets. And we broke the promises and all those kind of things. How did God react to you when you acted in those ungodly ways? And that is how we're to treat each other. So here's your weekly growth suggestion. Look for an opportunity to go the extra mile to over under react look for an opportunity this week and see the mistreatment see the 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 the, the, the slights the the people ignoring you the things that don't go your way look at these and boy if we can have a mind shift and make this not about me and not about my feelings and not about how I want to get back at somebody not how I'm going to show them what for and they're going to get in my way they better get out of my way and all that it's not not that kind of thing but to say how can I Show this person what Christ is like. And how can I show them how God has treated me? And so as we close this morning, as we close this morning, it's challenging, isn't it? It's hard, isn't it? But you know what? When Jesus died on the cross for my sin and your sin, it was hard. It was difficult but it was so worth it to me, amen? It must have been worth it to Jesus because he did it. And there's going to be a day when we're all in eternity. 
It's going to be a day, and we've seen that lately. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. You could be in eternity tonight, tomorrow, just that quick. Do we want to spend our lives demanding our own way, showing people, you know, how we can get our own way, or do we want to spend our lives looking for openings, looking for opportunities to say, this is how great our God is, and I would love for you to meet and to do that by the way we respond when we're not treated well. Would you stand please with heads bowed and eyes closed? With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. Um, two ways for you to respond uh, to the message today. Two ways to respond. Number one, you respond in gratitude this morning. Jesus, thank you that when I was not like you, you liked me. And when I worked against your control and your authority in my life, that you came after me in grace. And Lord, I pray that I'd be willing to take up a cross and follow you daily. That I'd be willing not to demand my own way, not to just look out for myself, not to react like people typically react. But Lord, would you help me? to react to those kind of things the way you want me to, to, to unexpectedly underreact with the heart of Jesus to those slights that come my way. With his bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, Lisa begins to play softly this morning. Would you pray and just ask the Lord what he's trying to say to you this morning? Would you pray and just ask the Lord what he's trying to say, what's his opportunity for you to respond to him today? Maybe today uh, you need to come kneel at an altar and say, Lord, I've been holding this against somebody. I've been mad about this. I've been bitter about this, and it's time for me to let it go. Maybe today it's time for you to say, Lord, you know, I've never been saved, and I'm so glad that I heard today that you love me even though I broke my promises, that you died for me even though I didn't act the way you wanted me to, and that you love sinners. And maybe today is the day that you would like to say, Jesus, I turn from my sin. I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. I want to open my heart to you, and I want to be saved. I want to be a part of your family. I want to give my life and heart 